All right, Revelation 13, are you there? Let's pick up where we left off. We're in verse number 9. He says, If any man have ear, have an ear, let him hear. Um, boy, that one right there will preach. I could stop and preach on that forever. Uh, do you see what the problem is? I thought he was going to beat him up, man. He's like, you got the wrong Bible, man. Give me, your, give me my Bible. They're fighting over the Bible. They're fighting over the Bible. I mean, that's a blessing, man. I'd let them fight. I'll be, I'm entertained by it. I'll watch. Might stop them before somebody dies. What? It's all Dan's fault. Well, bring Dan in on it. Let's see who wins. Natural selection right here. <laughs> Dan did a great job in the, in the uh, nursing home this afternoon. It was a real blessing, man. I was trying, Actually, I don't know what my problem is this morning. I know I started crying uh, when he started out, and then I was sitting there listening to Dan, and I almost started crying again in the nursing home. I remember when he came walking into my house 12, 13 years ago or something like that. Just a uh, real blessing, man. I, I, was, I didn't like him. He didn't do nothing wrong. He's the nicest guy ever, but I didn't know him. And he come walking into my house. Somebody invited him to my house for a Bible study. I'd never seen him in my life. I'm like, who is this guy? He come walking in, all, the bodybuilder, you know. I'm like, hi. Who are you? <laughs> What are you doing? You're on with him. I'm like, okay. And uh, man, he's been a blessing ever since. He's a great guy. And just a blessing to see what God's doing around here, man. Just thrilled my soul to sit there and listen to him preach and did a, probably one of the best nursing home, don't take it personal, you other fellas, probably one of the best nursing home ministries, uh, messages I've ever heard. Just got a special gift with that kind of environment. Preached a funeral not long ago. Is just ready to vomit, so nervous, a bunch of lost people, and just God gave a real good fruit, real good results from that. Just a blessing to see God using some of these guys and stirring me up, man, excited. What was I saying? Oh, verse 9, I remember, I'm just kidding. Are you done now, guys? Are everybody good? Okay, good, you got the right, everybody got the right Bible, okay. Brian was so confused, he's like... Brian, we're not having a long philosophical debate, okay? It's my Bible. Give it to me now. <laughs> but in Asia, this is how it works. You know? <laughs> this guy, you pick on people you love. Brian's great, man. I just saw him. He looks so confused. That's what stopped me. Jesse's trying to explain it to him. Brian's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, gosh, you guys are great. All right. Are we, are we back on track? Verse 9, if any man have an ear, let him hear. And there's the crux of the problem. I, I mean, again, just like this morning, I could stop right now. You're not that lucky, but I could stop right now and we could have an altar call. Do you know why so many people are so mixed up on their doctrine? How come one church believes one thing and the next church believes the other? That's the problem right there. Do you want to hear what God has to say to you? Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Teach me thy commandments. Man, don't ever lose that, please, if you got it. And if you don't got it, please get it. Be willing to hear what God would say to you. Listen, I don't, I don't understand. I'm sorry, just hang on a minute. I don't understand why people don't want to hear from God. To me, it blows my mind why anybody, why anybody would get offended and mad at preaching when it corrects you. 
or why you'd be upset when God tells you no about something that you want to do and God don't want you to do it. Why you'd push back on conviction. Why you'd say no to God because you pick sin over God. It's nuts. It's nuts. We all do it. (laughs) Well, minimize it as much as you can. Have an ear to hear what God's going to say to you. Now, verse number 10. Here's a confusing verse, but we'll think it'll make sense once we look at it. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here's what's confusing. None of that really is tough. Uh, If you lead into captivity, you're going to go into captivity. Uh, You got a whole bunch. I guess Michigan's pretty high on the list for, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Human trafficking. You guys didn't know that. You're welcome. Sleep well tonight. <laughs> you know, just don't be stupid, okay? Don't be out the wrong side of town at the wrong time and pay attention to what you're doing. <clears throat> Starts getting dark earlier. Be aware. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. Walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Circumspect is circumference. Looking around all the time. Ladies, get your keys ready before you're in the parking lot. Don't stand there looking through your purse, looking for your keys. But that being said, most of you aren't going to have a problem with it. You live in a decent area, and you're not out running around at 1, 2 in the morning, right? But he that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. And he that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. What did Jesus say? You bear the sword, you'll die by the sword, right? So, you know, you want to spend your life in the military, then you can pretty much count on it that you've got a good chance of being killed in action. You live by the sword, you could very likely die by the sword. That's easy enough. Here's the part that gets confusing. Here is the patience and faith of the saints. What? (laughs) Kind of a little bit of a curveball in that passage, right? So what that thing is telling you is that in the tribulation period, you're going to have snitches. Go back to uh, Matthew chapter 10. Uh, when the Antichrist is on the scene, as we've been looking at, you're going to find out there's snitches all over uh, ratting you out. Matthew chapter 10. Now we say, or at least growing up, I, we used to say snitches get stitches, right? <laughs> well, in the... Tra- <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why that's hitting me so funny right now. It's hilarious. You shut up. You won't get your face busted up. Matthew chapter 10, look at verse 30. He says, But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are more value than any sparrows. But whosoever shall, uh, I'm sorry, whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father in heaven. All right, so is that telling you that you have to witness or God won't know you? Depart from me, I never knew you because you weren't a witness. Um... Verse 33, but whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. I said something pretty tough this morning. I said, I don't care if you can take me out in the front yard and beat me up. In a fair fight, man to man, clap hands and we go as soon as the timer goes off. You're a coward if you won't stand up for Jesus Christ, right? If you're not man enough to be what you ought to be spiritually. I know that's a pretty harsh thing to say. and I was second guessing myself this afternoon, but then I thought, you know what? No. I'm not sorry. That's part of my job. And if a guy gets, you know, all offended and winds up not coming back because there's so much pressure there, then, you know, whatever. My job is to help you think. 
Uh, Dr. Ruckman used to say that a real preacher will, will you know, he's a, he's a sheep in wolf's clothing, right? He's not a wolf in sheep's clothing, he's a sheep in wolf's clothing. And the job of a real preacher and the way real preachers are sometimes caustic and they say things that are a little bit like, what, that was harsh, is to get you to think, right? So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not regressing it. So let's just say verse 33 applies to you. You, def- you deny the Lord before men. You get in the wrong crowd. And you have a hard time standing up. You have a hard time being what you ought to be. You kind of give in to the crowd. You kind of laugh at the dirty joke. You get involved in the dirty joke. You don't actually hold your testimony in the situation. You don't know how to just let them laugh and just distract yourself or walk away. That's hard to do. You know how hard that is to do? You're a preacher. I have a hard time with it. Because I have that temptation all the time to want to be like just like you do. Not any different than you are. But I have to just not laugh. I have to just walk away. So if you don't do that, if you deny God before men, will God deny you? Will Jesus Christ deny you before the Father which is in heaven? Well, not you. Who's this talking about? Folks, this is a tribulation passage. Think not that I am come to send peace on the earth. Well, his name is what? The Prince of Peace, ain't it? I'm come to not come to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man in variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. Really? Your enemies... Now, you've got a spiritual application there to divorce and all the rest of what you see go on in this culture with families falling apart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can have, yeah, I, can, I could give you some stories tonight that would break your heart. I mean, where the whole family conspires to lie about dad. Horrible stuff. But that's a practical application. Doctrinally, that's not what this is talking about. Uh, he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He that taketh not up his cross and followeth after me, he's not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. You know what he's talking about here? Look down at the end of verse 42. He says, Whosoever shall give, a to, uh, 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 give to drink one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of the disciple. Verily I say unto you, he shall no wise lose his reward. A cup of cold water? You guys realize in the tribulation period, Israel is running for their life? And when you give a cup of water in the name of Jesus Christ in the tribulation period, you're helping out somebody the Antichrist wants destroyed. But if you're living in a house and you're a little devil and you're going with the world system and you're watching your dad's trying to stay faithful and do right and you give him up to the authorities and they come in and rush your dad, haul him off, cut his hand off, cut his head off because he won't take the mark, that's what the thing's talking about. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity, and he that uses the sword shall die by the sword. Here is the patience and faith of the saints. The saints in the tribulation period are going to have to survive such horrible persecution and atrocities where people are turning on them within their own ranks. That's a demonic spirit. Their own family members reporting them and turning them in. You refuse to receive the mark, they're going to encourage snitches. Snitches won't get stitches in the tribulation period. Snitches will get rewarded, and the ones that are trying to hide out and survive and make it are going to get persecuted and turned in, and everybody's going to be against them. And the Lord's saying, if you'll help them people out, just give them a cold water in my name, I'll honor that. All right, that's not all. Go look at Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15, look at verse 14. 
let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. You see how that applies to verse 10 in Revelation 13? He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. So you know what you got when you got somebody in the tribulation period that chooses to follow people leading into captivity? They're, they're the blind leading the blind. They're both going to fall into the ditch. You're going to have all kinds of religion being preached on this planet during the tribulation period. I'll show you some in just a little bit. You're going to have signs. You're going to have wonders. You're going to have them speaking in tongues and the whole nine yards. And those that want to lead into captivity and those that follow them, not only will the leader go into the ditch, but the blind following them will go into the ditch. And the same thing is true today in the culture that you live in. You want to follow the wrong person, then you can follow the wrong person. Uh, you want to serve the Lord, then there's going to be a price to pay to it. There really is a price to pay, period. Some of the folks that joined this morning, you know what they said? They said, we can't believe how many of our friends we lost. Why? By coming to this church. There's a price to pay. That's why I said you don't, you don't have any idea how much my wife and I think of these folks. You say, well, we don't know them. Well, I know, but I got a chance to know them a little bit. And what a blessing that they'd be willing to make that kind of a sacrifice. And there's not just them. There's a whole lot more that have been through the same thing. There's a price to pay for doing right. Back to Revelation chapter 13. So that's the patient and faith of the saints. Now that verse makes more sense that way when you look at it, that they're being persecuted. Now look at verse number 11. And I beheld another beast. All right. So compare that to 13 verse 1. This is a separate beast. And we already showed you the beast in 13.1 is different from the beast in Revelation 12, right? We nailed that point pretty, pretty clearly and repeatedly. So now you've got a third beast popping up. What did I tell you at the beginning? It's the unholy trinity, right? Yeah. Satan copycats everything Jesus Christ does. You've got the Father, you've got the Son, and you've got the Holy Spirit, right? That's those three are one. When Lucifer tries to copycat God... He goes and he has these guys in place where he's got an unholy trinity set up of satanic power ruling the world. You've got Satan as the father. Then you've got the Antichrist as a copycat of the son. And he's the one we were looking at in 13 verse 1. And then on top of that, you got the unholy, unclean spirit. What this beast is, is the false prophet. So there's a prophet preaching in the tribulation period who's coming before the Antichrist. He's a herald of the Christ. Hello? He's copycatting. I told you, he copycats everything God does. And so what he's got is a herald coming in front of the Antichrist to preach to those people. That's the beast you're seeing in verse number 11. Beheld, I, I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. See the difference? The beast in verse uh, 13, 1, I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea. This beast comes up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb. This is nowhere near the beast of you got in 13.1 or the one in Revelation 12. And he had two horns like a lamb, and look at this. And he spake as, the dra as a dragon. So this beast shows up with two horns as a lamb coming up out of the earth, not coming up out of the sea. Where's Lucifer at? The sea. What's man made out of? Dust of the earth. So this guy's probably the false prophet. Pretty clearly. Now, here's a thought for you, okay? So I'm not making an argumentative, dogmatic, doctrinal statement right now. A possible thought for who this guy is, and it makes a lot of sense. You've got the Antichrist, the Pope, 
pretty clearly. So we got Israel, we got Christianity, and then what's the other major religion, the major movers and shakers in the world that are over there in that area where Israel's at, arch enemies of Israel? It's the Muslims. So I believe all the reformers and the guys that really seemed to nail it when they were studying this stuff and saw the Pope as the Antichrist, I believe they were seeing what they saw very clearly, and I think they were right. I believe the Antichrist is the Pope. Here's a question, just a thought for you. The thought is this. we got to somehow get Christianity, Israel itself, and Islam to all come to a point where they'll get together for a little while in order to have world domination and control, in order for him to create his fake unity. So who's going to bring Islam together? You know what you know the Muslims are looking for? They're looking for the 13th Imam. You know what the Christians are looking for? Christ. So you got the Antichrist, the Pope, more than likely going to somehow or another get together with the 13th Imam or somehow get, get Islam accepted and get a deal going between them where they're kind of working together. You know, like we're all trying to get to the same place. I mean, all religions, in essence, we're all trying to get to heaven anyhow. We're all one. The fatherhood of God, the brotherhood of man. The lines that you're being preached in your local evangelical contemporary churches all over this nation, it is a spirit moving in the world. It's the exact same spirit taking what used to be Bible-believing, hellfire and damnation, gospel-preaching. I mean, the ones that really shook this whole nation and this whole world up taking that group of people and sliding them really as far as they can towards the left. And then we're going over here and taking all the fundamentalists, the really hardcore, not saying fundamentalists like Bible-believing fundamentalists. I'm saying like the hardcore fundamentalists, Islam, Roman Catholicism. You guys never met a tougher, more, I mean, I'm talking about lines drawn in the sand. Real Roman Catholicism? I'm talking about the real kind. I'm talking about what they actually believe. You're like, you're damned because you're not a part of that church. Real Roman Catholicism. And what we're doing is we're pulling them farther to center. We're just watering everything down. This modern pope is just, just actually really infuriating a lot of the hardcore true Roman Catholics are really getting sick of him because he's changing all this stuff and saying that what we've always stood for and believed now all of a sudden truth is changing. He's watering that thing down trying to get it closer to making a deal. And believe it or not, these peace-loving Muslims are actually more dangerous than the ones that say, we're just going to blow you up, okay? You either convert or we're smoking you. You know what you're dealing with with those guys. But there's a, there's a movement of a little bit of a, a lighter, a little bit more of an accepting, a little bit more of a peaceful Islam. Well, like, we believe in Jesus too, and we call him Allah, you call him God, but it's the same God. You know what that is? That's a spirit of Antichrist. They're saying, we're getting to the same God you're getting to. We don't believe in the Christ of the Bible, but we believe in Christ. Well, Christ simply means anointed. So you can be a Christ without being the Lord Jesus Christ. So my guess is, and, and I'm not alone in this, but I won't name any other names, but I, I actually did some homework and research on this before I even determined whether or not to say it. My guess is there's a strong chance. Do you hear how I said all that? There's a strong chance this guy has something to do with Islam. He's, he's possibly the 13th Imam. And they're trying to bring it all together. It's a strong chance. 
Now, but look at how he speaks. Remember how I mentioned to you, he speaks as the dragon. You remember how I, I mentioned to you uh, just a little bit ago that uh, that guy over in Saudi Arabia is a real, he's a real interesting character to me. He's the, the prince that's going to take over when his dad dies. And the two holiest sites in Islam are over in Saudi Arabia. So they have to one time in their lifetime make a journey over there. My guy is something else, boy. We're inching closer and closer to a peace deal between the Palestinians and the Israelites. Every day we're making more progress. He has the smoothest talking, sweetest, charismatic. You got him on the sports and he started talking about the sports in Saudi Arabia and how sports bring everybody together. And I just, I just got this feeling, man, that's how, if I, if I was going to see a false prophet or an antichrist, that's the kind of guy I think that this whole world would just bow to, boy. He's making them richer and richer and richer and richer. And every time they hit a new economic bar, he raises the bar. And they all get with it, boy. And he said, well, what about the fact that and he starts, the, the guys interviewing him start saying, what about the fact that you beheaded a woman for this? And they said, well, unfortunately, some of those things are still the law. And I can't break the law, but we're working to make the moves we need to make to kind of bring things into a little bit more of a, you snake, tell them what you are. Yeah, they cut her head off. Cut yours off too and drink your blood. But instead he's sitting there trying to be smooth and palatable to the world because he's on the world stage. Interesting stuff to me. Romans chapter 16, please. I want you to see how the dragon speaks. This guy comes up and speaks as the dragon. I could show you more verses, but this will suffice. Romans chapter 16, verse 17. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. Man, God don't want us offended and divided, by the way. You're a church. Look at verse 18. For they that are such, who? People that cause divisions and offenses. And primarily, the problem here is doctrine. They want to come in and, you know, split a hair. They want to yeah, but you all the time, you know. Well, yeah, but, well, what about, you know. And, 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 and every time you get a guy like that who starts trying to build a little empire in a local church based on his pet doctrine where he thinks the preacher is wrong, you always got a snake. I'm telling you right now, he's a snake. I've killed a lot of snakes around here. Seriously. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm getting nicer as I get older, but I still, one thing I pray about, I ask God to help me never lose that edge. Ever. I want to be nicer. I want to be gentler. I want to be kinder. I want to learn to handle things better. I want to get everybody through. I want to help everybody. I mean that from the bottom of my heart more than you even know. But I don't ever want to lose that edge. I want to be able, anytime God says pull the trigger, I want to be able to squeeze that trigger and just walk away. Why? I can't stand a snake, man. And it's what these snakes do. They'll come in and they start picking on a pet doctrine. Uh, they try to undermine what you believe and what you know to be true. They find little hairs to split. They'll confuse your head up bad. How about this? When it comes to rightly dividing, you know. They'll come in and they'll start rightly dividing more than you rightly divide. Do you know who God is? Anybody know who God is? 
Anybody see the Lord just, just say, forget dispensations, I'm doing what I want. You got an illustration of that in the Bible? What did he do with David? Forget the dispensation. No, you're not dying. I'm giving you the sure mercies. I'm giving you eternal security in the Old Testament. God's God, man. Some of these guys get so doctrinal and start getting so spiritual, they lose their minds. They don't really know their Bible, but they'll razzle-dazzle you and confuse you and twist things all up and get you all messed up, get you all frustrated, get you all discouraged, start to make you start doubting everything you ever believed. That's a demonic spirit. How about that woman coming up to Jesus Christ? Yeah, Lord, but the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Ah, forget the dispensation. Okay, I ain't found faith like that, not in Israel. Go ahead. <laughs> Give you what you're asking. That good? <laughs> it's a blessing, ain't it? <laughs> Say, God, I know you don't promise us money, property, or lands at this time, but would you please help us pay this thing off and get a parking lot in here? <laughs> Getting pretty full on Sunday morning, Lord. Would you help us put up an addition? You don't promise us none of that stuff. I ask them anyways. You got to watch out for guys that get so doctrinal. They're here to show you how smart they are. And here's the way they're going to do it. Now, now, notice their motive, and I'll show you the way they do it, how the dragon speaks. Verse 18, for they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. They're serving themselves. They care about themselves. That's all it is. They want you to know how much they know. Period. They aren't serving Jesus Christ. They're not thinking about the collateral damage of what happens if they drag you out of church. They're not thinking about your kids 10 years from now if they make this issue bigger than it is. They're not thinking about it. They're serving their self. Somebody asked me recently, he said, I don't necessarily agree with everything about my church and my preacher, but he believes the Bible. He's a soul winner. He's a good man. Been there many years. I think I should just, he wasn't really asking me. He was saying, I think I should just overlook stuff I don't agree with. I said, 100% right. You got it. You could have encouraged him to come to your church because he'd agree more. Heck no. His pastor believes the book. He's preaching the Bible. So it doesn't matter. I didn't even ask him, what don't you agree with? I said, forget it, man. Don't worry about it. It's just dumb stuff. I said, then don't worry about it. I'm with you 100%. Forget it. Believes the King James Bible, preaches again. Yep, he sure does. Okay, good. Why? Because we're serving Jesus Christ, not you and your agenda. It doesn't really, some stuff doesn't really matter. <laughs> it just doesn't really matter. So, so what? Amen. Now watch how they talk. And by good words and fair speeches, deceive the hearts of the simple. Satan has a silver tongue. You know, any guy that's a predator, you know what he knows? Any guy who wants, even if he's not like a predator in the sense that your minds go straight to when you say that word, any guy that wants to woo a girl, just, you know, sometimes when you want to woo her just because you're genuine and you're really looking for a wife and it's all right, how do you do it? I'll tell you how not to do it. Some of you single guys, what's up, chick? <laughs> hey, woman. You don't do that, do you? I'm tell my daughters, they do that to you and knock his teeth out. I'll bail you out of jail. I'll bail you out of jail on that one. If you assault a male, I'll bail you out of jail. It's all right. You know what I mean? Just whatever. Don't do it again, honey. That's terrible, terrible. Shame to you. One of the proudest moments in my life, I'll never forget it. We were living at Colonial Court still. She already knows what I'm going to say. She went like this. I was out front messing around with Anna, you know. She was probably like 12 years old. And I like 
from when I've been training a little while, not long, and I changed levels and went to shoot, and she said, boom, with a perfect Muay Thai knee. I mean, pop right in my mouth. My wife was sitting on the, on the, st- on the porch, and I turned around, when the blood was going like that. She said, ah! she was so mad, and I was like, I think that's awesome, honey, let it go. That is so cool. That's a perfect shot, man. Told me how much I didn't know. I just knew enough to think I knew something, you know? You know what a man will do when he wants to woo you? Smooth boy. Sweet. Good words and fair speeches. When Satan wanted to woo the woman in the garden, yeah, yeah, God said. You know, this guy shows up talking, I'll guarantee it. I'll guarantee it. This guy shows up talking sweet to the world. I don't think he shows up saying, I'm the false prophet. I'm going to get all your souls damned to hell. He's going to show up preaching, hey, look it. There's the Christ. Ain't he beautiful? Ain't he wonderful? He loves us all. We're all going to the same place. It's okay. We're here to take care of you. We got a mark for you and a name for you. If you'll take the mark, the spot, or the name, you'll be all right. We'll make sure you're fed. Come see the Christ. Come see the Christ. Is not this the man? He's the one that knew all things that we ever I did. Is not this the Christ? He'll be quoting Bible and preaching Bible. Look what he's done for you. He's here to save you from your sins. He's here to deliver the world. He's finally come. We brought in his kingdom. You people have just improved and improved and improved in your technology and your advances. You've all brought in the kingdom and the king is here. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Lord, help us as we try to to build your kingdom. Praying it all over this country today. Because they're biblically ignorant. You're not building the kingdom. He's building you. You're not building the kingdom. He's building his church. And they're praying, Lord, help us to build thy kingdom. I remember hearing that when I was a kid, little kid, little kid in church. We're visiting a church up north, a bunch of Calvinists, you know, deader than a hammerhead. The whole thing was just so dead. I remember sitting there just, man, this is a dead. It felt like a funeral, man. You couldn't even stinking, you know, you can, I won't say that. You couldn't do anything in the service. It was like it would disturb the whole thing, you know. And I remember sitting there, and they prayed this prayer. And the guy prayed. I heard the guy talking a lot, and I never heard him talk this way. But when he prays, our Father. And I actually opened my eyes to look at him because it was that weird. I was watching. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to get in trouble. But, you know, I'm looking. And he, oh, gracious God. <laughs> Remember, his lips and his nose were like moving weird. Like he didn't talk like that. And then he said, help us this morning as we seek to build thy kingdom. I thought, that don't make any sense. We ain't building the kingdom. Little kid in a Bible preaching church didn't know my doctrine but growing up in a Bible-believing church under the right kind of preaching, I recognized the wrong voice, and I even recognized false doctrine. When I couldn't argue it, debated it, I knew something was wrong. Man, thank God for old roughneck preacher that wasn't some smooth dragon. He's up there. You listen to me. He's crippled. Leg was all off to the side like that. He had tuberculosis or something and messed his leg up. Sat on a bar stool with a platform built under it and sat to preach. Crutches propped up against the pulpit. You listen to me. Yes, sir. He's going to bust my head with that crutch, man. I was scared to death. One good words and fair speeches. I guarantee you the Antichrist will show up talking smooth. Look at the next verse. I think we're verse, uh, verse 12. He exercised all the power of the first beast before him and causeth the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. So he exercises all the power that the first beast had been given, and he has the earth come to worship that beast. So he's a prophet preaching of the Christ. 
Following it? Making sense so far? Look at the next verse. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Wait a second. What were Moses and Elijah doing? Ain't that something? The devil's copycatting everything the Lord does. He's saying, oh, they've called down fire. Uh, watch this. I can too. I'm the Christ. I'm the right preacher. I'm the right voice. You've got to follow that Christ. That's the right Christ. And it's, so the, the lie is so strong. It says it's possible, even if it were possible, he could deceive the very elect. Actually deceive the Jews that, that there's, that's their Christ. Now, now watch this thing. This guy's got some tremendous power, and this is how he works. Go back to, uh, we looked at verse 13, right? Yeah, in the sight of man. Go back to 2 Corinthians and I want you to see chapter 11. 2 Corinthians 11. Verse 3, I want you to see this. But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve, how? Through his subtlety. He's smooth. I'm telling you, folks, the dragon's smooth, boy. He's the aquatic reptilian that was missing that we showed you a few weeks ago of the cherubims that were in heaven. That's the aquatic reptilian. He's a snake, and he's smooth, man, through his subtlety. So your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. Skip down with me, if you would, to verse number 13. For such are false apostles... False apostles. You know what you got people out there right now saying? They say they're apostles. Paul said, I'm not I an apostle. Have not I seen the Lord's Christ? Oh, you mean you've seen Jesus Christ? And they'll say, He appeared to me. Well, that ain't fitting. Not fitting with the Bible. How do you know that was Jesus that appeared to you in a vision or a dream? Listen to me. You're, you're, you're Bible believers, aren't you? Don't you dare make decisions for your life based on a dream or a vision. You got a book. You follow that book. Because God's preserved that thing and promised He'd preserve it no matter what the devil tried to do to ruin that book. That's the only thing you can count on. You can't count on visions and you can't count on dreams. You can't count on them. Why? Because of this verse, watch. Such are false apostles. We still have the apostles and the prophets with us today. Did you know that? It's not an office in the church. It's not Apostle Pastor Reagan. I'm the Apostle Reagan here. Prophet Reagan. That's not an office in the church. The foundation, we are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. You still got the apostles and prophets active in the church today. Right here. You read the prophets, you read what the apostles gave you, and what's left today is evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But they call themselves apostles. They're not really apostles. They're lying to you. Like in Revelation, what was it, 3 or 2, he said, uh, you have tried them that say they're apostles and are not, and have found them to be liars. How do you try them? you got to try them by the book. Deceitful workers transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, he says, I'm not shocked about it, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. 
Therefore, Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. But the Lord appeared to me and it was so beautiful and bright and you better be careful. What do you think about the stories over in the Middle East where Islamic people are coming to faith in Christ and they're saying that you know, the Lord spoke to them? Well, I mean, he's jumped dispensational boundaries before. So if they don't have a Bible because they're getting rid of them all and they're trying to lock up and kill all the Christians and somebody's over there like, I just don't know, I just don't know, I just don't know. There's got to be more to this. There's got to be more to this. There's got to be a Christ. There's got to be, he's got to be, there's something to Christianity. She witnessed to a, a, a Muslim lady years ago that, I mean, she got her to come to the church but couldn't get her to come in the building. She met her here when nobody was here to try to get her to come in to show us a church building because she'd never been in a church building. And she said, I, I, just, I just can't, I just can't, I can't, I can't. But she went in the parking lot, right? She wouldn't even come in. But she was so obsessed with the fact that, listen, the Christians and Jews are different than the Muslims. Something's wrong. And because of what it would cost her if she came in, she couldn't do it. She, she turned away, but the Spirit of God was all over her. Grace got her that close. Couldn't get her in the boat. Now, what about somebody like that that's over there and has no Bible? Pass the salt. That's my response is pass the salt. Why? Because I believe that the Lord will get truth to anybody who desperately wants it when they can't get it. Let me say this. I'm going to say this right now. And you know what? Soon we're going to get into these, uh, we're going to get into those doctrinal stands, not, uh, not tonight, but we're going to get into going over some basics of doctrine. And I'm going to show you some of this stuff, why we believe what we believe and what we believe. We're going to run the references and I think it'll be fun. I'll try to make sure it's fun. We'll get to it soon. But listen, I think one time in my life I actually saw tongues happen. I knew it. I knew it. Reagan's really not a Bible. He is charismatic. I knew it. Hang on a second. I was in the jail ministry in Ohio, and there was two guys sitting there, Mexicans. One of them spoke very, very, very broken English. The other one spoke none. Dana Vogelpool was preaching while I was sitting and I was watching. When they got done, when he got, they were like this. The whole time. My under conviction, tears flowing. They bowed their head during the invitation. They prayed together. And the one that could speak very little broken English came and said, he wants you to know he trusted Christ as his Savior. So does he know English? What's the word for little? At least he's not here tonight. Yes. You know what? I said, I told Dana, I said, do you think? He's like, man, brother, I don't know. Dana never one time he screamed, you know, untie a bow tie, you know, Honda Electra, you know what I mean? Like none of that stuff was going on. He just preached. And I think it's totally possible that God gave that man understanding between his lips and that man's ears of the gospel of Jesus Christ if that man wanted it. Because God can do that. Does that make me a compromise? Does that make me bad in my doctrine? Well, if you think so, you know, fine. Just, you know, it's one of those things. I just don't agree. Well, get over it and build a bridge, get over it and you'll be fine, okay? We're not going charismatic around here. That would have been a biblical tongues in this dispensation and God could do something like that. Why do you need a vision? You're so lazy you don't want to open your Bible and read it. You think God's going to give you a vision? You got a preacher that will answer your questions and get back to you and look it up if I don't know and find it and pray over it and try to give you the help you need. Why do you need a vision? You're going to trust in a vision like that? You lost your mind. 
God ain't giving you a vision. If you won't listen to that Bible, God ain't giving you a vision. Satan himself can appear as an angel of light. You got the Bible in your lap and you want to trust a vision? When Satan himself, if he shows up, is going to show up as an angel of light and his ministers in the next thing, there is no great thing. If his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose ends shall be according to their works. Now, why in the world would I need a vision? I don't pray for God to appear to me. I don't pray for a vision. I wouldn't trust one if I got one. It would freak me out. But I prayed this morning and yesterday morning and the morning before that 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 and the morning before that, morning before that, that God will open up this thing and speak to my heart. And guess what he's been doing? He's been opening up and speaking to my heart and making himself so real in the room and so real on the pages and so real in my life. I don't need a vision. I got more of God than I can even grasp right now. So you can take your vision and take a hike with it, okay? Put it in your pipe and smoke it or something. Look at 2 Corinthians 13, 13. Wrong verse. Go to Malachi chapter 4, verse 5. All the saints salute you. There you go. Bum reference. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5. It's Dan's fault. I was trying to go over it, but right, Brian? It's Dan's fault. He walked in my office trying to go over my notes. (laughs) Malachi chapter 4, verse 5. Watch this. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. So before the great and dreadful day of the Lord, what's Israel looking for? Elijah the prophet, right? What did Jesus say about John the Baptist? He came in the spirit and power of Elias, right? Preaching, you know what Lucifer's doing in the tribulation period with the false prophet? He's telling the Jews... There he is. Look, he's calling down fire from heaven. He's the one. You guys know Malachi 4? See him? He's the one. And he's preaching. This is the Christ. And he's showing him wonders and signs and calling down fire from heaven. Go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. So what you've got as you're getting closer to the coming of Christ is you have a rise of certain activity in the religious circles and a rebirth of certain certain things in the religious circles. And what you're having in religion right now is not revival. These guys down there in Kentucky or something having their revival at that school, and everybody's going on and on about this revival that's going on down there, and they're bragging on the Internet. They're all bragging about it being led by LGBTQ plus leaders leading a revival. Coming to Christ, taking your next steps, leaning in to Jesus. Let's lean in. You should lean in this morning. Are you leaning in? <sighs> Second Thess- it just drives me crazy, you guys. It's, 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 it's important stuff. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, let's start in verse, uh, verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way, and then shall that wicked, see the capital W, it's a name of a person, be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all what? Power and what? 
And what? Folks, he's going to come speaking in tongues, showing you signs, giving you wonders, and showing you that he's got the gifts of the Holy Ghost. And he's Elijah the prophet, who's the heralding the coming of the Christ. And there's the Christ. Bow down and worship him. And people are going to be drinking the Kool-Aid, man. The whole world believing the lie. He's going to be so close to the real thing that only a Bible believer that's on his knees begging God for truth and running references in the Bible is going to be able to figure it out. That's how close he's going to be to the real thing. Revelation chapter 13, please. Look at verse 14. And deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles, see it, which he had power to do in the sight uh, um, of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast. It's an aid to worship. Just an image to the beast. It's just an aid to worship. Which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast. He animated an object. Hello? He gave life to an image. You know what they're doing now? It's on the news, man. They're, they're doing uh, AI-powered messages in church already. They're animating an object. Netanyahu went and did a big thing about how dangerous AI is and how it could push us into a world war because of the dangers of machines doing what they're programmed to do regardless of who you are. Machines programmed to analyze you and kill. He said this could get out of control like the sci-fi movies you all been watching for about a decade plus. Thinking nothing of it. And preachers have been trying to tell you and trying to tell this world, you better watch it. They're preparing you for the future. You better watch it. They're boiling the frog. You better watch it. They're numbing you down. You better watch it. They're desensitizing you. You better watch it. They're taking you farther down that road. All those preachers, they always just take it too far. Oh, they're just so fired up. They just, you know, they just spend all their time in the Bible and they just don't get reality anymore. And it's just how the world is nowadays. And all oh, they're just stupid. They're just crazy. Well, not crazy anymore. It's mainstream news. It's world leaders warning the general public about the danger. You're getting close, man. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Why is it great? I'm getting out of here. I'm not going to be here for it. He had power to give life to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak. Seriously? And cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be what? That thing is talking. It's communicating with people. It's a mind-blowing, demonic concept to think you can carry on a conversation with an inanimate object. Yeah. Do you want to know what makes more sense? All you cat ladies. You make a lot more sense than this. All you doggy mamas. No, I'm not harping on you. It's okay. It's all great. You love your cats. It's wonderful. You love your dogs. I think it's great. I love it when women think dogs understand full sentences. I love it. I think it's hilarious. What did you do? Were you a bad girl? You naughty girl. Shame on you. See, she knows what I'm saying. You know, like. So then I try it. You ugly little animal. You are the worst dog ever. I absolutely hate your gods. And she's like, I want to eat you in a burrito. You look like a burrito. (laughs) 
I love my dogs. I would have a cat if I wasn't so allergic to them. They almost kill me. I'm not against them. So don't get a I've had people get mad and leave the church. I can't believe he said that about cats. <laughs> Anyways, that makes more sense than an inanimate object, doesn't it? But you're in a day and age where they're talking inanimate, inanimate objects. Well, there's something very, very evil that's going on. Verse 16. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. There's three different categories that they give you options on. You can take a mark, a name, or a number. And according to his name, there's a number associated with his name. Most people don't seem to realize that. They all get this 666 thing in their head and they think that's just it. There's three different options. You are warned in the Bible about spots in your feasts of charity. And about men speaking great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration for advantage. And raging waves of the sea over there in Jude, and you watch like, like what they know as natural brute beasts they corrupt. And they're always speaking against authority as their words, and they're called spots. It says what they know as natural brute beast. What they're doing is they're taking, uh, to, uh, to say it uh, tactfully for the sake of children in mixed company, uh, procreation. And they corrupt it. They're incredibly perverse. They're perverted. They're filthy. They're ungodly. And, they, and they're, they're noted by being that way. They're noted by being rebellious toward authority. They're known by always the way they talk. Great swelling words and proud words. They're always criticizing. They already, always already have the answer. They already, know, already always know it all. And they can't be corrected. They can't be correct. Mom and Dad, you ought to correct your kids as often as they need it, not just for fun if they don't need it, but as often as they need it and as harshly and directly as you wish to do it. As clear-cut, ask God for wisdom. And then if they pout, let them pout. I don't care. You're not ruining my day. I'm ruining yours. Amen. Why? Because it's a natural rebellion. Ain't that what Lucifer is? Rebellious? a natural rebellion. So that's how they're marked. So they're spots. Not weird? And he warns about spots coming into your assembly. It's a wrong spirit. It's a spirit of Antichrist. It's a divisive spirit. I mean, if Jesus had 12 and one of them was a devil, Jesus, his congregation, had 12 and one of them was a devil. Look at verse 18. You all right? We went from that side of the church to this side of the church. You okay? At least you're not fighting nobody. Are you going to be okay? All right, just making sure you're all right. You need me to come help you? Yeah. Okay, I'm glad you're all right. There we go. Verse 18. I'm telling you, only Mike. I can't take two mics in this church, okay? I got one, and he's good. I love the guy, but just one, please. Okay, ready? Okay, can I go? Okay. Verse 18, coincidentally, it's 6 plus 6 plus 6. Here is wisdom. 
What a weird statement. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, three score, and six. Let me show you something real quick and we're done for tonight, okay? I got this from Dr. Ruckman's commentary, and if you want to see more, he went through a list of world leaders throughout, down through the centuries, and he showed you their names, and he took the name, and he put it in, like, the Roman numerals and how that lines up, and he showed you where, how many times down through history, 666 shows up, and those guys' names transferred to Roman numerals. Let me just give you the most important one, okay? For centuries, up until the 19th century, this is what the popes had on their hats. It's not that kind of eye. Here we go. It's Latin. Yes, Brother Mike. He's right. What it means is, it has multiple meanings, and I won't write them up here for the sake of time. It means faithful vicar of God, or victorious son of God, or shepherd son of God. All the, letter, all the, all the numbers up here that actually have a Roman numeral, because five of them don't. I heard some wannabe preacher, some jack-leg idiot, say the number of five is grace. <laughs> so let's celebrate the fifth month of grace. Number five is death, okay? <laughs> if you can find a couple where it applies to grace, you're really scratching the, you're really struggling. Every one of these that have a Roman numeral, V is five. D is 500. C is 100. L is 50, and I is 1. So when you take this, you see how many V's you got. You got 10. You got 1D, right? Plus 1C. Um, we had two L's. Oh, it was 5. Oh, it was 50, not 5. Plus 50. And then we have six eyes. One, two, three, four, five, six. That's six, sorry. I didn't put a 50, I put a five. Six hundred. Sixty. Six. You know what you got left? Five. F-E-A-R-S. They don't have Roman numerals. You know what's happening in the tribulation period? Men's hearts are failing them for what? Do you know when they took this off the Pope's hats and said, get that off their hats and don't let it back on? The 19th century, you know what was going on in the 19th century? You had Moody and Spurgeon and a bunch of other pre-trib, pre-millennial preachers winning souls to Jesus Christ all over this nation. 
preaching the gospel, exposing who the Pope was. And the College of Cardinals got together and said, get that off his hat and don't put it back. I'm telling you, it's pretty obvious to me who he is and what he's doing and how he's working. And he has a religion with aids to worship. Look, I'm done. He's got a name, Holy Father. That's a name of blasphemy on his head. He's got a sign. You know what his sign is? It's a kiss. A kiss of peace. It's victory. It's not peace. It's the sign of the bowman. He's got a color. His color's black. It's a black spot. It's like leprosy. He's got a residence. It's in Rome and it moves to Jerusalem. And according to Daniel 11, 36 and 37, he has no desire of women. He's a queer. Or uh, Brother Lintz, boy, I was thinking about this and I'll tell you this. I've never said this, but I'll tell you this. He said in class, and I'll never forget it, he said he's probably a hermaphrodite. And I was like, well, I don't know where he's getting that from. And I looked at the reference and looked at the reference, and I was like, where is he getting that from? He might have been getting it from God. Now that I'm in 2023, and I see what's going on in the whole trans community, he's a shapeshifter. You hear me? He's a shapeshifter. He's getting people to change their shapes. And he has no desire of women, but he's a man. That old man, he's been dead for a long time now. He might have been onto something long before this whole trans stuff was anything like it is today. I wonder what spirit's moving in this world to get people to do that. That's something. That's a funny thing is, <laughs> here's wisdom. <laughs> Let him that have understanding understand this. <laughs> you know why that's wise? It's wise for you to know the difference between the spirit of Jesus Christ and the spirit of Antichrist. And the only way you're going to get that and know that is to get the wisdom from this book right here that God gave you and get in that Bible and ask God to open that book to you and so you so you open my eyes so I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. You've got to have ears to hear what God's going to say to you. Hear me now. I'm done. Hear me. It's important. You say, what about the little things? Every little thing is important. Every decision you make, every day of your life, you ought to be saying, God, I want to hear what you have to say. And if you break my heart, if you tell me no, if you don't give me what I want, you're God and I'm not. I will listen to what you tell me. Because the first step towards being deceived by that spirit is shutting off your ears to what God's trying to tell you. All right, we'll stop there for tonight. We'll pick it up in chapter 14 next week. It's a miracle. You guys thought I'd never get through chapter 13, didn't you? But we made it, praise the Lord. Let's go ahead and dismiss in prayer. Uh, Brother Long, would you dismiss us, please?